afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. To say it was an interest today in the marketing trade is putting it mildly. Of course, we're talking some, I understand, Mexico securing some purchases of corn. That popping up on the Daily Wire. But the hot spot happened to be this soybean market. Whether you look at the beans themselves or the meal and the issues going on with South America. And the issues for them might be an early harvest, which turns into a bad issue for us. Lots that we're going to focus on today. So much more beyond that as we're being joined by Darren Fessler. He is with Lakefront Futures. So I think we got to start out with the soybeans and the meal because they kind of were the one everybody was talking about today. Yeah, it's it's meal market had a very, very strong session on Friday. It was really going to be interesting coming into today, whether we see that type of strength and we certainly did. Mill, you know, was up over two and a half percent once again. That I think is really fueling the beans here. Now, granted, it all had started last week when when the soybean yield wasn't um, raised, which myself included, I thought we were going to see a little bit of you know increase from that um, the USDA. We just didn't get it. And I think that really gave the bull some momentum here going into last week at post report and obviously this week too given that we had sold off 70 cents ahead of last tuesday's report so but friday meal broke a a long-term support resistance level shot higher we basically we've held the uh, the 20-day moving average ever since it's broke out here so um the meal market will continue to drive beans in the near term. Now, given that this meal market has been up a lot here, uh, you know, in the last six weeks, does it start to weigh on, uh, you know, further upside from here? Because we are approaching the 62% retracement level from those recent highs to the, you know, the recent lows here. So that to me is a big indication of how beans are going to perform because the you know the the soy oil market today just it didn't do too much it was down but the meal market was very 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 strong what has been the the enticing factor for this meal because every time we talk about beans taking a jump it seems to be tied right back to the soybeans i mean excuse me to the soybean meal yep and i i think that there is an underlying demand for meal um, there have been some talks, um, you know, that the, the Chinese may not like the reporting system of the U.S. when we talk about these sales. Now, China has stepped in here, and they're keeping some of these sales under radar, meaning they're keeping them under 100,000 metric tons. So we're not seeing the daily sales, but they still are making these sales. And they need to make a lot of them because we are behind on our exports. But I do think there's underlying demand for this meal market. But there could be some people, funds, that are having a little bit of an issue here being underwater given this type of rally. So there's a lot of rumors, I should say, flying around the meal market. Um, but domestic usage on the hog side of things is really helping the domestic usage of the meal, too. So there's a lot of factors going on in the meal that is you know, continuing to support this market. Which is good to see because we know, just look back a few short weeks ago, what the big struggle was in this soybean contract. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we that's the thing about last week was we had sold off a lot. I've always been in the camp. I don't like huge run-ups ahead of reports, nor do I like huge drops. So we just happened to get a huge drop ahead of the report. It kind of set us up for the, 
what else would be in that report to send it lower from here? And so with, you know, kind of a favorable report here, at least, at least on the yield side, um, you know, last week's report wasn't all that bullish. It, uh, you know, the price action following had, had been bullish, but we also increased that carry out 20 million uh, bushels. And that is in front of a, what looks to be right now a very, very good Brazilian crop. Now, how that is going to finish Nobody knows, but my contacts and that I have in uh, South America, Brazil in particular, um, this crop is off to one of the better starts maybe in the last decade. So, um, and they planted a lot more acres. So, as of right now, you know we're getting this nice bean move movement higher here. We're getting, you know, on the January contract. Let's say we're getting really, really close to those May highs here. We're basically right at that 50-day moving average. How much more strength here do we have in the beans, given that this market has been up about 80 cents here? I still think that if you are one of those guys who you know, are maybe not to that 60, 70, 80% sold yet on these beans on old crop, I still think this market should be rewarded. Move some of that risk towards paper at this point. Let's get some of those physical bushels moved. Take advantage of some of these stronger bases if you're seeing that and get some bushels moved. Reward this rally. Now, granted, that doesn't mean that this market can't go higher. I think that it can, but it's going to be fueled, I think, by one, the the movement in meal, and two is if if Brazil has some issues and the Chinese step in here and kind of hedge their bets, I do think there could be some more demand from the U.S. We gotta watch that dollar very closely. That dollar continues to move higher here, so that that could be a big contributing factor. Maybe as we, uh, in the months ahead. Uh, about how the U.S. exports go. Yeah, you talk about that dollar, and obviously they're closely watching South America as well. Two big factors that can't be ignored as we start to hit the downward slide of 2021. Yes, the the dollar making another high here. Now, granted, if you've been following me on social media and Twitter, I've been kind of a dollar bull here. It's kind of going against the grain a little bit. Well, look at all this inflation. Look at all the money's out there. Why would you be a dollar bull? It's all relative to the movement. It's purely technical at this point, but you look at what it's done versus the real. Yes, the real has strengthened a lot, but you look at some of these other countries that may are dealing with an inflationary pressure, they are starting to raise some rates. I think that could be an indication of why that dollar is moving a little bit higher. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to come back and look at as we continue momentarily here with the second half of today's Fontenelle Final Bell. More is coming up. We'll look at the livestock talk and a little bit more about what's going on with these soybeans. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. For over 85 years, Fontenelle Hybrids has brought consistency to Nebraska farmers. Fontenelle dealer Dusty Mim near Sutton talks about the consistency he's seen on his own farm. We run a lot of checks with competitive products to make sure that, that we're offering our customers the best product that we possibly can. And time and time again, Fontenelle has, has come to the plate and hit base hit after base hit. For more, just contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or look us up on the web, Fontenelle.com. Always follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide labels. Yeah. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. I've said this many times. I wish folks could listen sometimes to our commercial break conversation as Darren Fessler continues to join me with Lakefront Futures because we got talking about soybeans. I've seen some pictures of this crop over the last couple of weeks, and to say it is a gorgeous crop is not putting it mildly. Should that 
And what you've been talking to folks in South America, should that make our bean producers nervous knowing when they say this could be harvested? That it should, but there's a lot of factors into that. Um, as mentioned, there's a lot of contacts I have in South America. That crop is off to a beautiful, beautiful start. Granted, we don't know how it will finish, but we got to be mindful of, okay, if they planted early, which they did, and they had a really, really good planting pace, there is some analysts out there and some producers who believe that they will have some beans ready for export by the end of the year. Now, the other question is, will they have the infrastructure? Can they have the port capacity to get it off by then? They might. That's still a big question. But it's looking more likely they're going to have beans by the end of the year. From right now, basically, if you look at from October to the end of the year, this is our big export season. we got to be moving a lot more bushels on a weekly basis than what the U.S. currently has. Because my threat here, I think, for the U.S. producer is we've seen it from the USDA here recently over the last couple months where we've gone from 150 million bushel carryout 225 and now we're 340 the potential of us getting to over 400 450 million carryout it's definitely there because once brazil starts getting more production online and the port capacity is there you know brazil is going to be the main target for beans to china uh, unless that chinese demand is significantly um, stronger than what it currently is, that I think is going to put a way, a pr- put pressure and weight on the U.S. exports in the months ahead, especially in the, say that January to March time frame. It's going to be difficult. So we got to watch what that dollar does and how it competitive are we versus the real. Because at the end of the day, it's going to have to be a pretty significant difference. We have, or we're going to be pretty competitive, I should say, versus that real or we're not going to get those export business. That's why I'm saying right now we should reward these markets. And if you're still bullish, hey, maybe this market goes higher. Fine. Reown it with some you know, futures or call spreads at that time, but reward it right now, and we'll worry about the Brazilian crop later on because it is looking good, and that pressure is definitely there. So having said that, from a livestock perspective, they look at all that's going on and knowing where China's appetite has not been, and thinking, okay, maybe I can do some grain purchases. What does this all mean to them? Yeah, what I've been advising, especially cattle clients here. Now, we obviously don't know how the spring acreage mix is going to go. But I have a good sense, if I'm listening to clients, I'm not hearing a whole lot of, yeah, we're going to shift 30% of our acreage to beans this year, or we're doing a lot more corn on corn. That is not what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing is the corn on corn, forget it. That Those type of acres are not going to be there. But the theme I keep hearing is rotation, rotation, rotation. So what I think happens is if something were to happen with the urea price, with the ammonia price, which is just it insanely priced right now but if that continues to chug higher here as we go into spring it may push some guys into some other areas uh, especially the southern guys they might go more 
Milo. They might go more uh, beans. Who knows? But right now, I'm saying, hey, take a look at some summer calls, like the July calls here. If you you got some feed usage, you want to try to cover some of that cost of gain, take a look at some next summer calls. They're still relatively inexpensive uh, from a cost standpoint. We are getting a little bit high on the volatility, but it, it is going to provide you some upside coverage just in case we don't get those corn acres and that demand picture is still there from that strong ethanol margins and, you know, the basis levels are, are really screaming. So there's a lot of things that are telling me, you know, maybe we didn't have the supply in 20 like the USDA said, um, and it really caught a lot of merchandisers off guard. And so they're really having to bid up a lot of these corn right now. That could be a factor as we move forward here. But right now that basis is kind of telling you the story. So can we keep the excitement going that we've seen this last week for the cash cattle? Can that happen yet this week? I, I certainly think it can. Um, to me, I, I'm still a little bit friendly cattle here. I mean, obviously, some of these feeder prices are, you know, they're they're pretty lofty, you know, especially if you're trying to feed them out. Because a lot of guys, you know, fat cattle are probably pretty, pretty close to break even at this point. But I do think that cash trade can continue to work its way higher. It does feel like there is demand for multiple sources of protein here. So I do think it moves higher. All right. What else are we keeping an eye out? Uh, best way for folks to get a hold of you? The best way they can get a hold of me is call me at 312-858-3668. They can always find me on Twitter at DDFAlpha. All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Find it as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio.